It's not a secret that within our 2,000-year church history, there have been many failings within the church. We encounter these weaknesses daily as members of the church sin against us or we sin against our neighbor. A famous quote often attributed to Gandhi is that he said, I'd be a Christian if it were not for the Christians. We have a lot of problems in our church, small problems, big problems. We have sex scandals, financial scandals, intrigue about power struggles. Something that the last century, if not the last 2,000 years, has taught us is that if we try to avoid looking at our failures, if we try to avoid hiding our failures, it gets worse. The better we can confront our failures, the better we can look at our weaknesses face to face and head on, the more we will live in the right, the more we will live in the truth. The more we can have a hope of being a city set on a hill that we can lead others towards the gospel and not become an obstacle towards it. All too often, though, we get fixated on these big scandals, on the big uh, troubles in the church that we can often forget to look in the mirror, to take the beam out of our own eye and to say, Lord, what am I doing to be an obstacle to others to Jesus? How can I become a better bridge to Jesus Christ for all those around me? Jesus knows our human nature all too well. He understands the weaknesses of humanity. And he, as he walked among us for roughly 33 years, three of those he spent intensely teaching, guiding, and traveling with 12 of his closest friends. He understands what it means to be human from the inside. His human nature wasn't removed for our own experience. He was like us in all things but sin. So when he came face to face with human weakness, he knew what he had to do, what he needed to do to get his message across. One of the high feasts of the Jewish people, Passover, was taking place. And instead of finding the temple as a place of worship, instead of finding the temple as a place where people could go and offer everything to their God, he finds a marketplace, men and women exchanging money, animals being bought and sold. Jesus is confronted with worship gone wrong. Instead of finding hearts that are pure before God, he finds greed. Instead of finding acts of offering, he finds bartering and trade. Instead of finding sacrificial love, he finds selfishness. And so zeal for his father's house consumed him. He did away with everything that was keeping humanity from offering true worship to God. The money, the calves, the sheep, the doves, all are superficial compared to the offering of a contrite heart. A heart that longs for God and for his mercy. A heart that is purified by God and his law. For this is why the commandments that we heard about were given to us in the first reading. It wasn't meant to restrict our freedom, but to guide it. Our hearts need the commandments, not as some outward law imposed upon it, but rather that something that is written on the very tissue of our hearts, so that as our hearts beat for God, they can beat with the commandments as well. Deep within our hearts we find a law that is given to us, a law that teaches us what we ought to do and what we ought to avoid, a law that directs all those who follow it towards our God and right worship of him. Because we can't hope to worship God if our hearts are distracted by everything in the world. 
We need hearts that are focused entirely on our Creator. Because if they aren't directed entirely towards our Father, it's so easy for everything else in our lives to creep up and to take over that worship of God, that pure and right worship of God. What about greed? What about gossip? What about lust? What about envy? What about anger? These things can take over our hearts. They can distract us from offering the true worship to our God. What Jesus knew when clearing the temple is that where we need to start is at the inner temple of our own souls, at the inner temple of our own hearts, the place where God takes up his dwelling within us at our baptisms. We can become absolutely consumed looking at the failures of the church, the scandal, the intrigue. We can become despondent and weary if we allow these things to dominate our vision of the church. And while we should always work to rectify and for the purification of the church, we, ought to, for, we can't forget to look into the mirror to see how our own self needs to be purified as well. Let us open our eyes to the temple of our own self, the temple that is often filled with the weaknesses of our broken human nature. We need to let Christ cleanse the temple of our own hearts. We do this by inviting him in, asking him in prayer to into, come into the temples of our hearts and to chase away any interior attachments that we might have, attachments to money, attachments to self-sufficiency, unhealthy relationships, anything that is not of God. And after we invite Jesus into these places, we need to be patient as he works through us and in us. We are told that zeal for his father house consumed Christ. And we must allow the same zeal to consume us, the same Holy Spirit. But this zeal will always lead us to the cross. There is no other way to surrender than by driving ourselves to the cross, allowing the Holy Spirit to move us towards the cross of Jesus Christ. Because it is there at the foot of the cross that we offer him everything. It is there on the cross that we will surrender everything. And that surrender is necessary. We can start this Lent by inviting Christ into our own hearts, patiently allowing him to chase out all that is not of God, so that we may be healed and allow God to dwell within us totally, fully, so that we may be unreservedly his.